Well, welcome back, everybody, to what is maybe sadly going to be the last rice cast of 2020. I guess in some ways it's sad, in some ways that it's the last rice cast of 2020. There's there's some excitement maybe around that. But this will be our last one of the year, Pastor Willie. Well, I think a lot of people are looking forward to the last thing of 2020, right. whatever that <laughs> that's is. What that's what I'm saying. Um, uh, and uh, so maybe they're uh, excited to hear this is the last <laughs> podcast of 2020. Um, and uh, But so it is. And uh, here we are uh, the last few days of this month. And uh, they're special days, even if they're hard days. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a very interesting year to close out. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we are here at Calvary Church. My name is Anthony Russo. I'm joined, as always, by the Dr. Pastor Willie Rice, the only one who's both a doctor and a pastor, probably. You think that's and, the and, only... No, that's, that's not, not correct. That's not that's, correct. No, no, that's quite... <laughs> it's quite common. Unsa- sadly, it's quite common. And uh, there's actually a kerfuffle in the uh, culture, if you may have heard, that uh, 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 Jill Biden, who will be the oh, yeah. first lady yeah, uh, in January, if, you know, I know there's controversy about that, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the election appears to have been decided and and, uh, and that she was called doctor. She she has a PhD, which okay. is a better credential than mine, a PhD in, in education. I have a doctorate of ministry from, from a seminary. And um, uh, but there's a bit of kerfuffle of her being called doctor. But mm-hmm. I've always, which I have no problem. She earned the doctorate, and right. many people are called doctor. Right, professors right. are called doctors, and so forth. Yeah. But I've always, I don't know, pastor. You know, we joke about it, but it's it's um, I, my joke, which everyone has heard here, is uh, you know that somebody asked my daughter one time if her dad was a doctor, and her response was not the kind that can do you any good, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And so I've always kind of thought it was silly for people to to uh, overly use that. And so I do have a guy like, don't call yourself a doctor unless uh, you can help somebody who just had a heart attack. Like, you know, so. <laughs> right, right, And I right. cannot, sadly. I can pray for you, but that's, you know, maybe the extent of my. Yeah, there is maybe a funny juxtaposition there if you're if you're in your seat and yeah. you are like, everyone should call me doctor. But then you get on a plane and someone says, is there a doctor on the plane? And no, you say, no. <laughs> in fact, there's not. <laughs> yeah. You could have a plane full of <laughs> pastors and then when, is there a doctor on the plane? It might be looking around. Before like, you oh, took yeah, off, yeah. there was a whole bunch of doctors. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes. now in the air. They like to use it for public introductions, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when when the when someone is in great need, uh, no, they're they're looking around. There, we can take up an offering. However, we can transition out of wor- out of worship with the best of them. Yeah, with, with the, the best. But of them. the tracheotomy, <laughs> we will have to go to somebody else. Um, we are here. We are. We are. This is going to be our last podcast of the year. We've got uh, Calvary here. We're we're heading into our Christmas Eve time. Uh, next week, actually, as we're recording this, it's the fifteenth today. We're recording, or the sixteenth. My goodness, got to keep up. We're getting yeah, yeah. closer to Christmas by the minute. Sixteenth uh, today, so uh, we're doing Christmas Eve next week. And Pastor, if you'll allow me, I'd like to uh, talk one more time. Uh, we've mentioned it before, but we are doing uh, something here on the twenty third. We're mm-hmm. doing the twenty third, a, a strict protocol service. Uh, I don't want to. I know we talked about it, so I don't want to belabor. But it's kind of for the vulnerable people in our community. Right. Uh, going to be tighter. We're, we're asking masks be on the whole time. That yeah. type of deal, right? So we're going to require masks, which we haven't done. We've had normal protocols, which we believe are very sound and yeah. safe, and uh, we've been able to gather safely. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, 
but this is what we're calling a strict protocol, yeah. which is we are going to require masks the entire time. Yeah. So if you're upset about that, you don't want to do that, fine. We have many services for you right. on the 24th. But on the 23rd, we wanted to just create a space for people who ha- maybe haven't been out yet because mm-hmm. they, they have reason to be more cautious. And um, uh, we wanted to say, look, we're going to require Matt. We're going to seat people intentionally as you come in. We're going to our staff and others will are, are going to be making sure that seating is adequately spaced. And uh, and of course, like all of our services, it's really a no touch policy right now. You right. don't have to if you don't want to touch anything. And uh, so you can come, be safe, be yeah. distance, wear a mask, and know that. We are going to do. We're going to require everyone to wear a mask. Right. Uh, so if that makes you mad, please come to one of the services on the twenty fourth. Right. Right. And uh, but I can tell you this: as of today, uh, it's proving to be a very popular idea. And I don't know the number right now, but we're asking people to make reservations for that service mm-hmm. because we will, if it gets too full announce that it's closed yeah. because we don't want it to be packed. Right. We, we are trying to be, help people distance. So we are trying to stay out or even a little bit below actually 50% capacity. And uh, so uh, we're asking people to reserve, and, and I can tell you they're coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. We're really kind of um, blessed, um, maybe surprised uh, by the response so far. Mm-hmm. It could fill up. So if anyone is listening to this and wants to uh, be a part of that service, please go on our website and make your reservation. We want you so much to be a part of it. And I can tell you, we've had people calling our church in tears. Yeah, I didn't know this. It really melts my heart. Uh, but in tears saying, I haven't been back to a church, uh, to my church since March. Mm. And there are reasons for that because yeah. of this. And are you serious? They're asking, are you serious? Are you going to require a mask of everyone? Are you going to see people in a safe way? And the answer is, we are serious. Mm-hmm. We're going to do our very best to keep our word on that. So, uh, it, you know, it's going to be beautiful maybe to see some people we haven't seen uh, in quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I just want to keep reiterating it kind of as often as we can, because we know that there are those of you that are out there. We hear from you online pretty regularly. We know there's a lot of you connecting online. Uh, I get to chat with you regularly, and it's great. Uh, but here's an opportunity. Uh, if it's not you, maybe it's somebody you know. I mean, there's a lot of people that have friends, neighbors, loved ones that are in that in that seat. So please help us spread the word about that, that it, that is the one. Yeah, masks are going to be on the whole time. It's going to be one of those. Um, I think we've all experienced these different environments at this point, you know, where you're at the... Sure, uh, if you've well, flown on a plane. Yeah. Of course, they're seating you close now, but uh, you have to wear a mask the entire time. Yeah. I, I flew across country right. over the summer. You have to wear a mask the entire time. Yeah. Uh, and there are other events. I've been to events in the community where it was just required. We we're going to wear a mask mm-hmm. the entire time. So, again, I know people have many opinions about that. That's mm-hmm. fine. Go, you know, post all your heart's delight. I wish you wouldn't, but you're going to anyway. So uh, post to your heart's delight about this, that, or the other. But this is a service uh, that we're just designing for the people who have reason to be very, very careful, reason to be very cautious. And um, somebody explained it this way. You have red light people, yellow light people, green light people. Yeah. And the green light people are go, 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 go there. You know, they want, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. I understand it. Uh, the yellow light people are proceed with caution. Yeah. We, we want to get out there and go, but we want to be cautious. Red light people are, no, I'm shut down because, and, and again, I'm not criticizing any one of them because of course, I understand right. there are reasonable people in every camp. Mm-hmm. And I just beg for people to be considerate of those that are in the other camp. Right. Be mindful of those and right, don't right. don't despise them. Don't look down on them. 
and that's that this is a service probably for the red light people or the you know yellow light people who are closer to red light people yeah so that's again December 23rd and as pastor mentioned calvary.us you can get all the information on that and all the as well as the times for all of our Christmas Eve services that will be going on at all of our three campuses mm-hmm. so you can check those out the six o'clock 6 p.m on Christmas Eve maybe you are in the very red camp you know you're not coming out you've you've I have a friend who went through his wife went through a major surgery and is kind of in that place where it's really zero contact uh, uh, we are streaming the six o'clock on Christmas Eve. So uh, we'll be streaming that one. If so you. if you're wanting to join us online, please do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, because it's a special night, we want you to be able to connect with your church family. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a good night. Um, and then another important question we have to address is, uh, Pastor, under which set of circumstances could you see yourself throwing a shoe very, very far? Well, if, uh, and of course, you're talking about the Florida game, uh, which uh, football fans, people who don't know this are wondering, what is he talking about? But college football <laughs> fans would know, and it was a very painful night for those of us who are Florida fans, and I'm still not over it, really. Very, My attitude is not very good. Uh, but the, I will tell you the precise scenario in which I will throw a shoe. Okay. If Florida beats Alabama, uh-huh. which is not going to happen, okay. but if they do— right. I will throw every shoe in my closet <laughs> All the shoes. across the yard in joyous celebration. Oh, uh, but I, I think my shoes are safe. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed it, again, University of Florida game, player made a tackle, and, and the, shoe, the shoe came off of the player he was tackling, yes. I think, was the— yes. the Key play, stopped him. They were going to have to punt. Yep. You know, key point in the game, and he elected to throw the shoe. Throw <laughs> Down the field, <laughs> resulting in a penalty, which ended up helping LSU win the game. I, I, yeah, yes, it's quite inexplicable. And I, you know, how did the coach not cover throwing of shoes? Here's what we're not going to do today, fellas. Of the things we're not going to do, <laughs> please do not throw shoes <laughs> during the game. Keep but the pass interference to a minimum, and also, <laughs> and if no. you find yourself in possession of a shoe, <laughs> gently return it to the ground. <laughs> Things coaches must add to their uh, to the repertoire of teaching. So anyway, that's the way it goes. Um, that's the way it goes. That's we, the way it goes. It doesn't usually go that way, though, Pastor. It doesn't usually go the way of the shoe. But it did. But it did just a couple of nights ago, and admirably. And again, this is behind the scenes stuff. A lot of people don't know you. You experienced that and got up Sunday morning yeah. and still well, taught. You know, I've always – this is kind of funny because I, I do get – I'm not – you know, we're joking. My wife would be the first to attest, uh, and anyone who is in my family, that I do get very I, – I wish I didn't care about it so much. Yeah. Honestly, it creates – I think I feel the losses more than I enjoy the victories. Right, right. But, I, you know, whatever I do, it's part of being a fan. And um, and so it, it, when Florida loses a painful game, it's a long night. I don't usually sleep well. But I always know that there is a moment where you have to just – you know, at some point, this is, you know, it, it is just a game. And right. you go, I, and that has always happened for me when I get up on Sunday morning. It, I have been able to go, okay, that was that. Yeah, yeah. This is so much more important. Right, right. And it's brought me great comfort to, you know, I walk in the church. You, all, you always hate seeing the fans that are going to say something to you. But uh, you get beyond that. And it's just a joyful thing to come in. We had a great worship time Sunday. And so I've just been able to kind of turn that lock. Yeah, yeah. 
file it away. And then Monday morning when I wake up, it's back again. I'm feeling feeling it. But uh, but no, so for <laughs> Sunday, it doesn't really affect me preaching. I, to me, to me, you know, we can joke, we laugh, and we do. And it's fun to joke about right, sports. Right. But worship is worship. Yeah. And it's a whole different game to me, and and um, it's not a game. So so yeah, I, I'm I'm able to do that even when part of me is mm. wanting to throw a shoe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> across. Maybe I could be the first pastor that just ripped off a That's shoe. What I'm saying. Yeah. I just it's it's a funny uh, it's a funny thing. I'm sure that I don't know the player's name. I'm sure he's going to regret having that on film for forever. That oh, he I'm sure he will. <laughs> tossed a shoe all the way across the field. I do want to say, before we come off of it, though, you mentioned worship. Uh, we had our Christmas nights of worship, mm. uh, and they were really pretty beautiful uh, times. I thought that was a pretty Shout out to everybody weekend. on the team, all mm-hmm. the worship, and so much goes behind that, the tech, the volunteers. Uh, some of our East Lake team was up there, you know, four times. This was really hard. Most people don't know how hard it was to do in this right, COVID season. Right. We almost didn't do it mm-hmm. several times. Um, even a couple weeks out, we almost didn't do it uh, because of just everything going on. Yeah. Uh, but we felt like, you know, we heard from a lot of people, and and, uh, and so we were able to do it. it we could have packed the crowd out every mm-hmm. night. We, we had that much interest. But we, we didn't on purpose to create a little more space, and uh, it was a joyous time. Mm-hmm. I know the people who were there were so grateful they could be there. Many people watched online. But I just want you to know how much the team worked to do that uh, because they put it together in a matter of weeks, mm-hmm. literally. Uh, it was a very small choir, but it was so good to see a choir back up there. They yeah. brought such energy and joy. I don't know that I've ever seen them more joyful and exuberant. And uh, and, and and they will be back. They will be back soon, I hope. Mm. Uh, and uh, it, as part of Calvary's worship, kind of, you know, just part of our worship, being able to have a worship choir back there. It's a big part of Calvary's history. And, and so many people love that. And they brought such an energy. So it it will be back. We'll see it soon. It's just been hard in this COVID season to do everything we would like to do. But thank you for mentioning it, and a big thank you to everybody who works so very—I mean, we have volunteers. You have staff that are on staff, and they get paid to do that, and they work very hard. I'm not taking it for granted because they worked extra hours and late, and they were exhausted. I told them they could come in 10 minutes late on Monday if they needed to. I'm so gracious. But, you know, I also think of people who are volunteers. Yeah. I could mention the names of the people. You know, Jennifer Smith comes to mind. You know, Amy uh, was up there, um, uh, Gentry, uh, uh, Amy Brown, uh, and um, uh, others, uh, Diana Kirtland, you Mm. know, uh, and and on and on I could go. If I start mentioning names, I've run out. But these are people... Uh, who just give and give and give and give. They don't get paid for this. Right. They do it because they see it as their ministry. They mm-hmm. love their church family. And uh, I hope you hug their neck when you see them and all the people up there. They 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 really spend a lot of time learning the music. They were exhausted Sunday, mm-hmm. and they did it because they love the church and they love the Lord. Yeah. It was a really, really special night. Uh, we know a lot of you joined online, and you can watch it online if you if you didn't get to see it uh, on our uh, YouTube page. It's there. So uh, Calvary Church Clearwater, you can look it up, uh, is the name of the YouTube channel. And it's there if you happen to miss it. Very, very special night. It was a great mm-hmm. a great thing that we got to do up at our brand new East Lake building. Mm-hmm. That's a sharp building. It's We're very grateful for it's it. It's a good yeah. building. And a lot of excitement up there, obviously. You know, yeah. It's kind of... It's kind of been the anomaly, you know, because right now online, most of our people are online, mm-hmm. more than 50%. 
and of course you're you're helping that online and we're mm-hmm. we're we're so grateful that they can stay connected uh so you know it we see it, it you know that the crowds are not normal this yeah. is church during a covid season more than 50% are online. The anomaly, though, is kind of the East Lake campus because of the new building and the excitement that it's generated mm-hmm. and new people are coming out to see. I think it would be even bigger if it weren't a COVID season. There's no telling where it would be mm. and where it's going to be in the near future. Um, but uh, there's a lot of excitement there and a lot of uh, joy at having that uh, place for ministry for many, many years to come. Yes, opening up that building was uh, certainly a highlight a couple of weeks ago now, which brings us to our next segment. Okay. Pastor Willie, I thought this is the end. This is our last podcast of 2020, uh, which we'll have to dig deep, but it seemed like there was some noteworthy moments, some things that hadn't maybe uh, happened in other years prior. It, it, it's one of those years you won't, you know, like... 2017, you might have a hard time picking out one or two things. I don't feel like in 2020 you'll have a hard time remembering. No, I think uh, we'll be talking about this year for years to come. Right. And even the fact that it's 2020, 2017 is a, you know, it's an off. That's true, right, the, right. The, the fact that it's a rounded number, a big number. We'll talk about this the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. And it'll, be, it'll be a benchmark because so much happened this yeah. year. And so much that was painful and hard happened this year. And it's still happening. We're mm-hmm. not done with it. But uh, it just feels like it landed in this year. And, um, you know, so be encouraged. You've made it to the end, we folks. And uh, and let's keep moving. Yeah. We're, we're going to get through it. But as you look back on it, I guess that's a good first place to start. Um, when you contextualize your, your time of ministry, uh, where does this year fit among other difficult times of ministry? Uh, where, where, where does it, where do you place this year as you, as you start to well, turn I've the had, corner? You know, there have been, obviously when you're in ministry, I've been a pastor 37 years. There've been hard years. Mm-hmm. There've been hard seasons. I was talking with some guys just the other day about uh, the first year here at Calvary, 2005, and some of the things that we were going through to relocate the church and, and just transitioning from a season where the church had really gone through a tough period. They were hard. It was just seemed like one thing after another. Uh, so that you know, it was hard, but then uh, we had the joy of moving out to this campus at the end of the year, and it kind of overshadowed it all. Um, but I think 2020 is different, and and I probably the hardest year uh, because it, it wasn't it wasn't just contextualized to our church or to a situation that you know we were dealing with or to a problem we were going through. It was national. Mm. It was international. It was global. Yeah. And yet it it was local because it affected everybody. It wasn't global in the sense, oh, I read about something happening in India mm. or something happening in Washington. It it was something happening to my business, to my family, to my you know town. It happened to all of us. It 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 uh, has impacted us. So I, I just think the global aspect of this uh, it makes this you know the hardest year that I can remember. Mm. Uh, is there anything, I guess we'll start with these two. Uh, let's start with the good. Let's start with, uh, maybe some highlights. When you look back on the year that was 2020, um, an unprecedented year. Some, some have said, uh, a lot of people have said that. Mm -hmm. That's a joke. We use that word a lot when we talk about 2020. Yes, we (laughs) Um, what were some highlights for you as you look back and and you skim through it? I, I think obviously in terms of our ministry here at Calvary, obviously finishing the East Lake building and mm-hmm. being able to celebrate that. I wish it had been under normal times. We had plans in place to, you know, 
great publicity and mm-hmm. and a, you know I honestly with it's been an incredible opening. I think it would have been twice as big. Yeah, it would have been twice as big, maybe more than that, and uh, and it will be. You know, when this is over, and and the, the, it will be there, and but it just wasn't the way I like to open a building. Yeah, when yeah. You, you walk into that season, but it's still certainly a great, great uh, victory. I, I think the other victories are related to the challenges because I think the great things to be thankful for are how people have responded um, in the midst of this, and I'm particularly thinking about how uh, our church family has you know, connected online, mm. stayed connected, uh, how they have given faithfully. Mm. Um, they didn't quit on each other. We haven't quit on our church. We haven't quit on the mission. And uh, and I, to me, that's going to be one of the highlights is, hey, faced with, because honestly, in March, we were having meetings around here about what happens if we have to lay off half the staff? Mm. What happens if we have to cut our budget 50%? What happens if we you know, can't do this, can't do that. Um, we, we had emergency measures in place from the beginning. We, mm. we were like, okay, here we, you know, this is what we do if this happens. And what if this happens? And what if this happens? And we were making, you know, some dire contingent, which leaders have to do. Yeah, yeah. And what we watched is people respond. Yeah. And it amazed me. If you would have told me in March or April that we would be here from a financial perspective as a church, from our people, you know, supporting, serving, I would have thought, I'm not sure we could be there. Mm. Um, so I'm just so grateful for how, you know, I tell the story in the midst of this, because we haven't taken an offering. We haven't taken an offering since so We don't t- pass the plate anymore. Yeah, you that's know? right. So we've transitioned all of that. Um, our giving is actually, we're, we've got, you know, the maybe the biggest two weeks of the year ahead, you mm-hmm. know, as we end the year. December is a big month financially as people do a lot of year-end giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can tell you that as of right now, we're giving ahead of 2019, which is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, while we, you know, while our original budget target was just kind of shelved, yeah, you know, it's not unthinkable that when the dust settles, we might actually hit it. Mm. That's how generous people have been. Wow. And it amazes me. And none of us thought that was possible. None of us thought that. So we have been able to continue all our X-150 mission partners. Yeah. We've been able to continue our missions giving. Mm-hmm. We thought we might have to stop the spigot for a while and say, hey, we, we've got to you know make sure we're taking right, care right, of right, right. paying the bills here. We haven't had to cut back one dime mm. of what we're giving to missions, our mission partners, uh, and so forth. So I'm grateful for that. We've had to make some conservative measures. I'm not saying it hasn't been without some pain, but essentially we have been able to do what God has called us to do. And I'm so to me that's a highlight: yeah. watching people respond to the crisis, to the challenge, and and yet still be committed to what God is doing here at Calvary. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, as you're going through that in your leadership position of us here, people are going through that personally. Absolutely, wondering, man, what is my job going to look like? And people have—they've lost jobs, right? People have been furloughed. Um, people have been impacted in their business. Maybe right. they haven't lost jobs, but you know, I was talking to a restaurant owner the other day. You know, you think about a guy running a restaurant. Yeah, uh, these things have hit hit people, mm-hmm. and so you just kind of expected it. And we still are acting. You should know from a financial standpoint in a very conservative fashion as we go into twenty twenty one. Anyone who came to our annual members meeting knows that. Yeah, we are proceeding very cautiously and conservatively because we just don't know. Right. 
the, the, you know, the final fallout? Is there going to be a wave in which, wow, it does begin to impact? So we have to be wise. But God has provided. God has provided, and, and that we have reason to rejoice in. Yeah, yeah. If I could chime in with a couple that I, I thought of when I was thinking about this, and it was it's along the same lines, but kind of typified in a moment that you shared with the church family about um, returning the PPP loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that was just kind of the culmination of everything you just said, that here was an opportunity that was a, a fine opportunity. You know, you've done, yep. I think you've gone over and above to say there's nothing wrong with the right. other churches and other organizations that took that um, support, but that we didn't need it. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's what you said was that the, the committee have essentially said, yeah. we don't need it is the, is the yeah. issue. And what a, what, just what a moment well, in the midst of that, that you didn't, we didn't need what was being offered. And I hope everybody celebrates that. And, and, and because, you know, I was reading about a very large church, one of the largest churches in America has been in the news because it, you know, they took 4.4 million in the mm. PPP loan. And of course, what they're saying is, hey, look, these, it was used, the government made you used to pay people salaries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, you know, uh, groups took it that you may not like. But the whole point is we don't want people to have to be laid off right. because there is a residual effect. Then yeah. they don't make their car payment. Then they don't make their house payment. Then mm-hmm. they this, that, and the other. And so that was the whole point behind it, whether you think it was a good piece of legislation the way it was crafted or not. Yeah. So, yes, churches, among everyone else, are going to take it and pay people salaries. But we felt as if, and I just have to credit our congregational leaders um, and I could call them by name. I, I, I won't do that. But several of our congregational leaders and some of our senior staff were the ones who came to me after we had agreed to take it, mm-hmm. and, and we had we had filed the paperwork, done right, everything right, right. right. It had landed in our bank, which yep. one point I think it was six million. One point four six was what yeah. he said it to me. It was in our bank, and our guys came and said, Pastor, let's let's return it. Mm. We can return it in an amount of time, you know. Uh, without any kind of explanation or penalty, just say, we've decided not to take it. Yeah. And we did. And we did. And we just felt like at the end of the day to be able to say, you know what? We didn't need the government to pay our bills. Right. We didn't need our government to pay it because we d- we felt like long-term there would be a testimony aspect. And again, I'm not trying to criticize anyone else. Of course. Right, right. But I just want to I want to boast in the Lord mm-hmm. working through his people that he provided everything we needed. Yeah. And we we did not need any government assistance or any government help, and we just felt like long term, you know what? Churches should be careful about any entangling alliances yes, there, right, and right. Um, so I'm I'm really gratified by that. I thank you for bringing it up, and you know, if you're a church member at Calvary, I hope it I hope that makes you go, you know what? I I, I you know because most people don't get to peer behind the curtain and see all the inner workings. Right, right. We try to be very transparent. People have questions, but they you know still a lot goes on. But I hope it makes you think, wow, we've got some really great congregational leaders who take their role seriously. Yeah. Uh, these are men and women of integrity. They're men and women of great intelligence and giftedness. Mm-hmm. The pastors listen to them. They get a chance to speak in. There's accountability. There's transparency. And I hope it also makes you think there's some good senior staff here around. If you you know, if you know, give me credit for everything, you're giving me way too much credit. Right, right. But I promise you, and I'm not being falsely modest there. You're just giving me way too much credit. There's a lot of really great leaders who help Calvary make good decisions and mm-hmm. wise decisions. And the implications of that are such that, you know, because of the generosity and the faithful support of our people, 
in our community, we were able to, and you touched on it, I just want to expand on it. Uh, of course, you're, you're thinking about the staff, and you're thinking about our people, but also all of the ministries that we do, all of the stuff we do in the community, we were able to continue during doing during this time. You know, I know our food pantry was yeah. instrumental for a ton of people They're during thousands this Thousands of people, thousands of people. And, uh, you know, thousands of people and local partnerships, you know, local ministry gifts that we yeah. give to people that we partner with. There are people that we we help through our world missions budget that are just local partners. That is, they do some aspect of ministry really well. And right. we're able to and we do have volunteers that serve, but we're able to come and say, hey, we want to support that. Our pregnancy centers come to mind. Mm. Right, uh, right. And, uh, you know, we kept doing what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, I think of the international implications. You know, we knew what we were going through here, but there were places where we have mission partners that were hit by hurricanes and yep. catastrophes. We were able to support, you know, Brazil was ravaged by COVID-19. Guatemala. We were able to yep, support yep. there. Just so much that the the implications of the healthiness of this church has uh, been able to really make a difference. And that, that stuck out. The other one that was, uh, that when I was thinking about this question, was just the, um, uh, in the midst of some of the, Follow up with the George Floyd and some of that stuff. That panel I thought was pretty special. The Help Me Understand mm. panel we were able to do, which again, like everything else in 2020, was very we're trying to be careful. I think we weren't gathering as a church. I think you, no. we did that to an empty room, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I believe so. And just I, I broadcast. So. Yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, but it just that just felt like a moment that was uh, again we were able to respond with some key congregational leaders that stepped up, leaders in the community mm-hmm. from a fellow uh, people serving. The body here. There was a pastor from St. Pete. I think that was here. And yes, my my buddy John Matthews, Elvis from Tampa, another yeah. pastor, uh, and several guys were there, and some of our own leaders. And I think just to say, look, we don't have all the answers. We're not trying to to um, you know um, say that we know how to solve all this or we've done it right. It's but help me understand. It was yeah. a great panel, and one of our deacons, Shane Scott, actually came up with that name, and mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's a great name, and because that's kind of help me understand more. And look, the divisions in our culture, when you talk about the bad things, I don't know if you were going to flip the coin there and talk about the challenges, next. yeah, are, we're, we seem more divided than ever mm-hmm. in American society. It's, 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 it's painful to watch, and it's n- not particularly healthy. I think debate is healthy in a democracy, uh, and a divergence of opinions that are able to be, <laughs> excuse me, expressed, that's healthy. Yeah. But the hatred... The distrust, those things are not healthy, and we saw a lot of that this year. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a kind of a cool moment, but it is a good segue because of the reason we had that panel. Um, a, a good segue into particular challenges, and I, I think some of them were brought on by some of the happenings of 2020, and some of them were more revealed that this had been an issue and it came to a head yep. in 2020. Uh, but what are those, when you look back on the on those as leading from the position that you're in, uh, what, what of those stick out to you from 2020? Well, I do, you know, uh, what we just mentioned, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, you, you like to think that as a culture, we've made great progress from mm-hmm. our history of, of where, where race has played a huge part. Yeah. Uh, slavery was a part of America. Uh, r- racism was a part of America in, you know, and it wasn't too, too long ago. Right. And yet we've made so many great strides mm-hmm. and, and, and people, you, so you want to go, hey, we're beyond that. We're moving beyond that. And then a, a year like this just kind of rips open some wounds and you go, well, we're not as beyond it as we think. And then it, that would be okay. It, not okay, but sometimes wounds do need to be opened. Yeah, yeah. But 
if we could all lean in together and mm. and have good conversations, but I think given uh, the political climate, you add that to the political climate, then you add you add COVID going on. Mm-hmm. It, it just became a perfect storm. Yeah, really, it became a perfect storm of COVID, which you know it has so many implications beyond just the virus. People were isolated. People yeah. were hurting economically. People were hurting, therefore, emotionally and spiritually. Then you add the racial strife mm-hmm. th- in the middle of that. Then you add the political division, which seems as great as it's ever been, uh, given some of the personalities involved. And it became a perfect storm mm-hmm. of, of uh, cultural unrest and societal unrest. And I think people are still asking, is it possible to move beyond this? Mm. Um, can we move beyond it? Um, our culture is not going to be a monolithic culture where everyone shares a particular religious viewpoint or political viewpoint or moral viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that, but it is more divergent than it has ever been in key areas. And the lack of respect, the lack of kindness, the lack of tolerance for people who have opposing views has never been lessened. Mm. And um, and it just I think a lot of us feel that heaviness, um, and and you know I think that to me is one of the things that is as to me as uh, bad as the virus right is is the the tearing at the seams of our society yeah yeah uh, you've alluded a couple of times we've talked here about my role here. Um, and how much I'm the director of online ministries, so I live in this space, what I'm going to talk about. But it's a year that I think typified the good and the bad of social media, mm-hmm. because here we have everyone's isolated, right? The, we've talked on this podcast before, students, man, students that are in parts of our country, they're not in, they haven't been to school yeah. since last March. They, they're supposed to be spending this time with friends and being mm-hmm. social. And so there's this part of me that says, well, I'm really thankful for social media that they're able to stay in touch. I mean, back in back in my day, we would have had our corded phones <laughs> yes. that we could have called on, but we didn't have as much. I mean, I was on the I was on the front end of the dawn of AOL and things, but we mm. weren't this far into this social media age. Mm. So, in that sense, I'm thankful for the connectivity that I know grandparents aren't able to see, and all these. There's some good in there, but boy, there's there's an awful lot of bad that rears its head when you go through stuff like this and everyone's shouting and in their little echo chambers that you're able to create on social media. Um, I don't know if you ever, did you ever see the social dilemma? Yeah, on, did uh, did yeah. you watch that? It was a great, did a great job it's of frightening. It, yeah. Of really painting. And you that. see truth in it. I've seen, I've been on social media less in the last probably six to eight weeks than I normally was. And, um, posted less on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that prolific anyway. Like I post, you know, I'm not like some people posting eight times a day. Um, but I haven't, I just have tried and, and I got to, you know, acknowledge it's, it's, it's a challenge, Yeah. but I just felt like it was, I felt my own soul, my own emotional soul, uh, was, was, I felt heavy because of it. And I just felt like, you know, I need to begin withdrawing from some of this. And the social dilemma painted a picture and uh, of of the fact that some of these things are built to create addictive patterns. Right. And that they actually create physiologically addictive patterns. That people, just like they get a certain kind of chemical hit from, you know, a drug or alcohol or cigarettes or whatever, 
that actually, you know, the the posting and the seeing responses of people create a kind of addictive pattern. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's not going to go away. We need to take a look at that. And, uh, you know, just like we look at other addictions and say, you know, that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I think some of us need to be evaluating how we're doing Instagram, how we're doing Twitter, how we're doing Facebook, yeah. and whatever they invented yesterday, uh, <laughs> and saying, uh, wow, that's addictive. Yeah. If I find myself reaching for my phone first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. or last thing at night, and throughout the day... You know, it, we may need to think about how do I put some boundaries in my own life so that I'm, I, I'm, I'm not allowing myself to be addicted. Because the problem is, you can be addicted to the approval of others, mm-hmm. and and that's is taking you down a rabbit hole of who's liking what I'm posting, who's commenting on what I'm posting, yeah. who, you know, where I'm getting this sense of approval from others online, mm-hmm. and. Um, and the flip side is then you're also arguing with people online. And right. I just, I don't know. I don't mind a good debate. I've said many times, I don't mind a good debate. I've, I've, you know, I'm as stubborn as the next guy. I, I can have a good debate. I just like to argue with somebody online mm. that I don't even know sometimes. Yeah. Um, just seems, I don't know. It just doesn't seem that productive to me. Yeah. And so I just try not to do it. Yeah, and it, it brought to light too conversations we've had on this podcast about um, uh, the echo chamber nest that social media can become. And there was a segment on there that they talked about that this, these uh, algorithms that run these social networks they can get a sense for how you think and fill you your feed with other people that think just like you. That's how they're designed. Yeah, they're, they're, they want you to see content that you are just going to that you're going to like that you're going to re- yeah. engage with. Yeah. So it's really, uh, really spoke to you. You have to be intentional. You know, I don't know how many yeah. times, boy, if we had a dollar for every time we said, go to coffee with your neighbor on this podcast, we could have <laughs> built two buildings on the Eastlake yeah, campus. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, you really got to be intentional. You got to, you got to yeah. step well, out of your, you know, and we've seen it. So the political left, if you're on the political left, uh, which I'm not, but if you're on the political left, that's all you're listening to. Mm-hmm. You're listening to that. That's your television program mm-hmm. where you're getting your news, which is very biased. Mm-hmm. And you're you're getting your news there. You're listening to everybody on Facebook because they're feeding that to you. Mm-hmm. So you begin to think everybody thinks like me. Yeah. And and then and people get angrier and angrier, and the angrier responses are the ones that get the attention. Right. Same thing on the right. If you're on the political right, you're 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 being fed those voices. You begin to think everybody thinks like me, and they become even more angrier and extreme. Mm-hmm. And you're getting your news from a certain source that's coming from a, a, a vantage point. And so I, I just you know I fear that we're losing the ability to engage with people who may disagree with us. And yeah. if we can't do that, it's hard to see how society holds together. Right? How do you have a culture where people can't say? Okay, you agree, you say, you believe this, I believe this, but now let's sit down. What do we have in common? How can we have common solutions? How can we respect one another? How can we re- respect a person's right to disagree with us? Yeah. And and there, there are too few of those voices right now. And I yeah. know I'm sounding naive to say that, but uh, th- that to me is one of the heaviest things of 2020 is you just wonder if you're watching the American culture come apart mm. And without sounding too ominous here, you wonder, can it be put back together? Mm. Well, this turns us into our third question of the year in review, 2020. As we turn the corner into 2021, um, 
uh, what what is it that you're obviously we have the very high likelihood that the Bucks are playing here in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but other than that, what are you looking forward to? What 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 fills you up with hope as you're looking towards 2021? Easter, you know, uh, we missed Easter last year. Mm. Christmas is going to be affected by COVID. Easter probably will be. I don't know. No, you know, I'm done predicting. You know. <laughs> I'm done predicting. I'm, I'm done with all these phase one, phase two, phase, who knows? Whatever, well, quarantine right? for three weeks, it'll be yeah, over. Yeah, like, that'll be it. That'll whatever. Be it. Um, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> but, you know, you, there's hope on the horizon. Yeah. The vaccine, according to some people, creates hope. Yeah, yeah. And I think probably does. Again, sure. I know people are up in a tizzy about that. But if it's effective, and it seems to be, and enough people take it, and I think that they will, you know, it's possible that you will reach a place where – and these viruses historically always burn out anyway. Sure. Even without a vaccine. That's right. Um, if you, again, I read about the 1918 plague this year, one of the highlights. I thought I might as well read. <laughs> and uh, it was worse, by the way. More yeah. people died. Right, right. It was worse in who it impacted. Mm-hmm. It impacted across the age span almost indiscriminately. And um, But it burned itself out mm-hmm. in about 18 months, yeah. 16 to 18 months. Uh, I, you know, if I remember right, there was a winter and then kind of an early fall and then there was another winter and then by the next fall it was pretty much gone mm-hmm. uh, because it, these things, you know, have a way of burning themselves out for a number of scientific reasons. So regardless, vaccine, natural processes, uh, we're hopeful that we're beyond it. And when I mentioned Easter, I was just, you know, I long for the, I don't think we'll be back to normal attendance patterns. We may never get back to what was pre-COVID attendance patterns. Mm. It's going to it's gonna take a while. I mean, I don't want to say never. Yeah. It's just going to take a while for human nature, for people to trust being in crowds again. Yeah. It'll gradually come back because people, there's a reason we gather in crowds. There are things we love to do communally. Right. And people will go back to the football stadiums. They mm-hmm. will go back to have concerts. They will come back to church. But the stadium, it may be a long time before we see the stadium sold out. Mm. It may be a long time before the church is packed. It may be a long time before the, you know, the concert is standing room only. Yeah. Because some people will be, continue to be more cautious. And, uh, but I long for Easter because I just long for a moment when we can gather most, even though some may still be out, yeah. but most of our, I hope it's Easter. I don't know. You know, again, I'm through. I'm not going to create my expectations too high. Yeah, I'm just going to let it go. But we're moving through the season. We're going to get there. Yeah, and I just, I just long to see the people that we've missed. Mm. Church, again, we've said it a million times. We are grateful for technology. We are yeah. grateful for right, the online right. community. But church is meant to be communal. Mm. It's a gathering of people, and uh, and something is missed when there's not a physical presence. So. I just long to see the people and to be able to hug the necks and shake yeah. the hands and and uh, and uh, have that sense of normalcy back. Yeah, definitely. It's it's something that I've thought about a lot. You know, the image in my mind, as far as like how will behavior change in general, the image in my mind, for those of you that may not be in the area or not familiar with the area, we're about an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes from Disney. Uh, so if you live in this area, you've probably been to Disney a couple of times. Uh, and there's a they do a firework show. It's like a mm-hmm. legendary, world renowned firework show. And you're just you're just packed. I mean, I was telling yeah. somebody the other day, you didn't you, the firework show's over and you don't move for seven minutes because they're just <laughs> people are packed everywhere slowly. Yeah. And that image is just in my mind and just thinking like, is that is that an coming ever back. coming back yeah. type of thing? Yeah. Will we ever be comfortable? Because I, I don't you know I don't know if you, 
don't yeah. know if I had to make that call today. Would I want to be in that kind of – not right now. Right, right. I wouldn't. But yeah. when will I be good even saying, like, yeah, put me in the middle of that sea of people again? I don't know. So it'll yeah. be interesting. That'll definitely be interesting. Um as we turn this corner, but Easter would be Easter will be will be fun. Easter would be great, and to be back, you know, to things that we've not been able to do that we yeah. lost this year. Uh, hopefully, seeing those things happen uh, in in twenty twenty one, and um, you know, just moving on from it. Yeah. All right. So, last one, uh, very last one. You have a resolution you're heading into twenty twenty one with. Uh, not, I don't know that I have one yet. Uh, you know, there, there are things I need to do. I'm not sure I'm prepared to d- discuss all of them, you know, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, some are, I need to do better at this, do better at that. Uh, you know, and, and, and this does give you a time of year yeah. uh, to think about, okay, uh, I need to, you know, do this. I need to do that. I, I've, I've, I've neglected that habit mm-hmm. and there are some of those, but, uh, you know that's that's probably just for me to <laughs> talk about, but uh, but I would say this to everybody when I think about this year: there, the greatest spiritual discipline you could ever have, uh, one is coming to church, obviously mm. gathering with God's people, but the other is studying or reading the Bible on your own. Mm. So it's a good time of year to be thinking about, hey, how do I? step that up in my life? Am I going to read through the Bible next year? Am I going to read through the New Testament next year? Am I going to, uh, you know, uh, read just more faithfully in the coming year? Um, that, to me, is an important habit that everybody needs to have, and yeah. you know, it's a habit I, I still maintain in my life. That's not one I've let go of, but as people are thinking about, you know, we do. We all, we all know I need to save more. I need to lose weight. I right. need to start exercise. I need to do this. And some of mine may be may be in there, but I'm not confirming. Uh, and uh, but but all of us need to be in God's word. Yeah, we all need to be in God's word. It's 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 what's going to get you through times like this. Yeah, and I'm going to say this just because it's the last podcast of the year. Uh, when you when you make that, because I think I said this last year, and I'll say it every time. My my biggest tip for people in that moment is don't don't make it too big. You know, you've said on the podcast you read through the Bible every year. Yeah. You've been at this for a while. Yeah, but you don't have to start there. Sometimes that's too big. Yeah, it, because reading through the Old Testament's hard. Yeah. You know, you, you deal with a lot of historical books that if, you, if you're if you just starting out, I, I listen, take, go after it. It's easy to do. And we, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it can be done by reading about five chapters a day. Uh, I'm finishing it up. In fact, I read Second Peter this morning, and uh, so I'm, you know, I've, I'm headed toward the end of Revelation, and uh, and we'll be there, you know, next week sometime. So uh, I, I do it every year. It's wonderful. Yeah. But you don't have to start there. Right. Start by saying I'll read one book from the Bible, and we've talked about that. And and by the way, in the first part of the year, we're going to do a disciple maker presentation. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, maybe we'll have a podcast before then, but it'll be in the first part of the year. It's kind of a church-wide. We're going to broadcast it on the first Wednesday night in January. And it's not only about how you can make other disciples, but it's also some tools for your own self to grow. So yeah. right out of the gate, first Wednesday night of the year, I'll be talking about Disciple Maker and and sharing some tools that you can use in your life, you can use with others, and uh, it'll be a great help to maybe help you get started. If you and we'll talk about, I'll share some things. Hey, read this book, read that one instead of just dive in and you know, right? Um, you know, buy, as you said, bite off more than you're ready right, to chew. Right, right. That's that's always my thing with resolutions. That's always me every. Yeah, I'm going to lose fifty pounds, and you know that can be a great one. I'm going to lose fifty pounds by the end of January. Probably not. Pro- you know, yeah. And, and or, you know, it's like the teaser I saw. My, my resolution was to lose 20 pounds, and I've only got 30 to go. I'm, you know, it's like, 
That's how it ends up. It ends up. I'm going in the wrong direction. And I am talking to myself. It was like for two years straight, I was like, I'm going to run a marathon. That's going to be my thing. I'm going to run a marathon. And then I got some runners would ask me, have you ever run a 5K? Well, no. <laughs> well, Maybe no. Maybe you should start with a 5K. But I'm going to run a marathon by the end of this year. Yeah. I don't think you Maybe will. you should run around the block first and see how it goes. I didn't own a <laughs> pair of running shoes, but I was committed to running a marathon for two years, and I did not do it. So, yeah, yeah just a little— And I'm all for great goals. Of but course. Break the, if you want to run a marathon, you might say, I'm going to run a—is it a 5K, 3K? 5K you, is not a bad place to start. You can tell how much I run. Uh, <laughs> you know, you might say, okay, to get there, this year I'm going to do this. Right. And this year I'm going to do that, and I'm going to make the steps to— and why anyone would want to do that? I don't know why you would want to do that. <laughs> and then go over it. That's what I, That was the best advice I got. Man, make the goal to run a 5K, and if you run a 10K, look at that. Good for you. Absolutely, but when you make yeah. your goal to run a marathon, yeah, and then yeah. you never leave your house one time. I well, admire those people. They're t- tremendous. And my daughter runs half marathons so occasionally. And oh, I'm, wow. And uh, my son has done that. And I'm like, well, good for them. <laughs> well, long pause. I'm very proud. <laughs> They're doing it kind of like in honor of you. I I'm like sure they think. are. It's, I'm sure I'm their inspiration. You're inspiring them, <laughs> so in a way, you're there with them too. You know, it's like a double. Everybody gets credit. Well, uh, Ricecast listeners, thank you for a great year. Thanks for coming along. The it's been a fun year to do this, and we look forward to doing it more and tackling some topics maybe that you want us to tackle and. Again, share those topics with us as we go into 2021, and it just gives us a chance to talk about things that. In a sermon, you don't get it to, to right. chase every rabbit, but uh, I've really enjoyed it and enjoy hearing the people say they enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to keep it going, and, and, and we'll tackle, you know, we've tackled some tough issues from time to time. We're yeah. trying to be too heavy every week, but we'll continue to tackle those questions and issues and uh, look forward to doing it. We're going to keep it rolling, 2021. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast here. Uh, leave us a review. Share it with your friends. Uh, The other great way to follow along is to follow us on social media. So that's Instagram at calvary.us. And on Instagram, you search for Calvary Church. And that's where you can find us. Uh, And yeah, send in topics as we turn the corner here to 2021. We are long overdue for an Ask Ask Pastor Willie. So we'll do one of those early in 2021. And uh, we'll keep rolling along. But until then, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year. We love you, love our church family, and thank God for you. Have a great, great holiday season.